as God intended. Let's go. Welcome to Looking for Healing Radio, where pharmaceuticals are not medicine, but love always is. I'm your host, Dr. Jana Schmidt, naturopath and herbalist. I'm very happy to have you here today with me on America Out Loud Talk Radio with a 24-7, 365 talk radio signal heard worldwide, which is now heard in your car, home, office, smartphones, tablets, any device. The entire platform has been built from the ground up with a great thought and enthusiasm and a vision that stretches far into the future. Thank you so much for joining me today. I have a wonderful show for you. First, I want to encourage you as I always do that no matter what your situation, a strong mind and body are powerful resources. I'm here to help equip and encourage you with the health tools that create and maintain strong minds and strong bodies to keep you grounded and flourishing in this hectic, crazy world. Each week, I'll share a new health tip with you, something you can utilize to build strong and healthy lifestyle, tips that are practical and easy to implement. So let's get right to it. It's time to empower you with today's health topic. Because, after all, knowledge is power. Our educational health tips for today focuses on fever. A fever, also referred to as pyrexia, is a temporary rise in body temperature. It's just one part of an overall response from the body's immune system. It usually means there's an abnormal process occurring in the body. The fever is not an illness by itself. Rather, it's a symptom that something's not quite right within the body and the body is going into action to get rid of it. A fever does not tell you what's causing it or even if there is a disease present. It may be bacterial or viral infection or it could be a reaction from an allergy to a food or even a medication. Becoming overheated can also do this uh, from playing outside or in the sun. That can also result in a fever. There are numerous reasons for a fever. So let's look at normal body temperature. So for an adult, 97.5 to 98.9 Fahrenheit is about average. It tends to be lower in the morning and higher in the evening. An adult is considered to have a fever when temperatures are above 99.5, usually closer to 100. And it also depends on the time of day. Most fevers are resolved within several days. And if you have a fever in the range of 101 to 103 for more than three days, it's best to start looking at maybe some underlying causes. Now fevers among children are very common. And so is the dilemma that parents face when a child has a fever, to rush to the doctor or to treat the child at home. Well, you're if you're a parent or a grandparent or an auntie or close to someone that's with children, you are inevitably going to have to deal with a fever because pretty much every otherwise healthy kid is going to have to deal with a fever at some point. So to make informed decision, it's important to understand why children have fevers. 
fever is a self-defense mechanism used by the human body to fight off infection. And at high temperatures, the body's producing white blood cells, which provide defense against an infection and restrain the growth of certain viruses or bacteria that are harming the body. Interestingly, lowering the fever may actually hinder the body's natural mechanism to fight off these infections. Most parents worry about fever and do everything to bring it down. In fact, over 5 million parents take their kids to the emergency room every year for a fever. 5 million parents, that's a lot of emergency room visits for fevers. People get worried. However, the measure of temperature is not the best indicator of whether or not a fever is cause for concern. Now, as a parent, and I'm a parent as well, you need to observe how comfortable your child actually is. If your child has a low fever and is active, you may not need to intervene at all. However, it's important to monitor food and fluid intake and the pattern of urination of a child with a fever. If these are normal, I don't see any reason why to panic, but definitely keep watch. Now, my opinion would be simply observe the child for signs of improvement or change. However, if your child is uncomfortable and the fever crosses a high degree and persists for several days, it may be time to get help. And when I say high and it's an older child, I'm talking about 104 high. And we'll talk about uh, that in a moment. So while taking medication might be easy, it's not necessarily the best option for your child's health. Considering natural remedies for fever at home helps your child build immunity by boosting the body's ability to fight the infection. It's more support than hindrance. Medicines are foreign substances which need to be metabolized. And moreover, medicines like Tylenol, ibuprofen, Advil, etc., that are usually administered to reduce fever can be really tough on a body, especially the liver. And there are harmful side effects like propensity for asthma or gastrointestinal bleeding. For me personally, I have navigated fevers carefully, raised three sons. I was not quick to reduce the fever, knowing that this is the body's way of fighting infection. I kind of cheered it on and taught my children that this was normal for their bodies to have a fever when they're fighting off an infection. I reminded my children and myself that this was their body building and getting stronger. With every cold and fever they ever come in contact with, I hoped that they overcome it naturally and their bodies would be better off for it overall. I didn't want to intervene and offer something that would actually slow the process and prolong the illness, nor did I want to try to override the body's natural function by masking symptoms. I wanted their immune system to work synergistically with all the other systems of the body to be victorious and ultimately stronger the way God intended their bodies to work. I taught them this too. It was only when a fever rose to 104 and stayed there, and this is for older children. If they were babies, like under three months old, I watched if it was over 100, then I, I started to do some things to support to come alongside. When the fever was prolonged or causing them a refusal to to eat or rest, then I also came alongside with some natural supports. If vomiting ensued and liquids would not stay down, 
another time for some natural remedies. Then I would just employ some gentle techniques to bring the fever down to a more manageable level. This can be done in increments, slowly, little by little, very gently, until you find that sweet spot of the fever low enough for the child to rest, drink, etc., but still working to heal the body. Trust your intuition on this. Trust your instincts. Now, newborn babies who are breastfeeding should be fed more often. In fact, they may want to continue to feed. This may be something that you notice. They get comfort and they also get hydration this way. So here are some signs for the need for additional assistance. If the child is an infant, like we mentioned before, with a fever of over 100.4 degrees, it's important to seek additional help. 102 if the child is a toddler, 103 if the child is over three. And this can vary for each child. You know your child best. If the child has a weak immune system or is completely listless, if the child's fever lasts for two to three consecutive days without accompanying any other symptoms like cough, cold, pain, that sort of thing. If the child experienced trouble breathing along with fever, it's time to seek assistance. And also seek assistance if there's any other emergency situation that happens to accompany the fever. Any kids who, children who are not taking fluids or urinating normally or just not acting right should also be looked into as well. So most fevers are due to self-limiting viral infections. The exception to that, well, there are a couple exceptions, but one is you have to consider a urinary tract infection. Be aware of that as well. So if your child's forehead just feels warm, do not panic. Take a deep breath and analyze the following. Is a baby perhaps suffering from a cold or teething? This happens a lot when a child is teething. If you vaccinate your children, you may experience a post-vaccination fever. Has your child been extremely active and playing in the heat? These may produce a fever that is simply passing. Again, just monitor your children. You know them best. Now, the first time your child has a fever, it can definitely make you feel really anxious and can even cloud your judgment in that anxious moment. Even if it's not your first fever rodeo, a child being sick generally makes us feel vulnerable, anxious, even emotional. So try to take a couple deep breaths, literally take a step back and deep breaths and try to objectively notice how sick your child seems to be. They may be really fussy or irritable or uncomfortable. And like I said, a, a, a baby, a breastfeeding baby may never want to stop nursing, but it's okay. It's how they're comforted and they stay hydrated. And very commonly when children are coming down with something uh, like with a fever, you'll notice that they're not quite acting themselves for a day or two before and then the fever comes on or sometimes you'll see a few cold symptoms first like a runny nose or their eyes look glazed and then the fever comes we've all pretty been well we've been pretty well programmed to assume that we have to treat a fever immediately we have to bring it down it's scary it's dangerous and this is reinforced by the fact that we're encouraged by doctors to give medication to bring the fevers down. But in each situation, you'll need to ask yourself, is this really necessary? So 
Let's talk about medications. What about medications? Over-the-counter medications like Tylenol and ibuprofen can reduce some of the discomfort, but they're not helping the illness go away any faster, and it can actually slow the healing. While Tylenol and ibuprofen can appear to actually reduce fever by a degree or so, they don't get the underlying cause. They don't shorten the duration of the illness, could possibly prolong it, and while they can help your child appear more comfortable, it's important that they do to know that they carry risks. Tylenol has been associated with liver toxicity and increased the risk of developing asthma. Tylenol uses up and burns up something called glutathione, which is naturally produced in the body. Your body uses glutathione to take care of what we call free radicals. This comes in many forms of toxins. Glutathione acts as an antioxidant. When we burn that up, we open ourselves to oxidative stress. Tylenol, partly as a result of this, is associated with liver toxicity. Ibuprofen and other NSAIDs can often cause gastro difficulties like stomach bleeding just from using them on a regular basis and are associated with secondary infections and can delay healing. So again, you'll need to ask yourself, is this worth it? Is it worth the risks? And what can I do to help my child feel comfortable and build that strong immune system while overcoming whatever it is they're dealing with? So let's talk about taking temperature. What's the most accurate way to take temperature so you can know what's going on? Well, there's rectal temperature. That's actually the most accurate. Forehead temperatures are the next accurate and are incredibly convenient. Oral and ear temperatures are also accurate if done properly. And ear temperatures are generally easy to check, but ear temperatures are not always accurate if they're under six months of age. Temperatures done are the armpit, armpit are the least accurate, but can be done at any age. And these, these methods can differ by age. So let's talk about age. Under three months old, checking an armpit temperature is the safest method, while forehead temperature may be accurate and easy. However, if the temperature is elevated in either of these methods, check with the rectal thermometer just to be sure. Age three to four years old, rectal is still fine and forehead temperatures, it might be a little more difficult to get them to hold still. <laughs> Ear thermometer can be used after six month old and the armpit method is, again, good if done correctly. Now, age four and older, you can take the temperature uh, by mouth. They can, they can understand how to do that a little better. Ear and forehead thermometers are also methods. I actually never used the forehead thermometer. I just didn't feel good about doing that to their head. I just didn't. So we generally just used either a rectal when they're babies or a different thermometer, obviously, oral when they're um, when they got older. It's important to check the same place each time during any illness to compare and uh, maybe jot down the ranges uh, in that during that method so you get an accurate reading of where where your child is. Temperatures are going to be slightly higher if your child is swaddled or bundled or just come out of a warm bath. So I don't recommend checking temperatures within 15 minutes after a bath. Give the child time to cool down. 
and oral temperatures will be higher after warm drinks, obviously. So wait about 15 minutes after they drink something. Even cold drinks too can maybe make it seem lower than it actually is. So let's review a fever before we go on to natural support. When the temperature goes up, the body mounts an inflammatory response that fights infections. In fact, the aches and discomforts that you're probably familiar with from having a fever, well, that's just part of fighting off the infection. Fever also activates white blood cells and antibodies and many other mechanisms for fighting off that infection. So the body raises the temperature a few degrees, gives the body that winning edge because those microorganisms don't thrive or survive as well in higher temperatures. So fever is actually beneficial and not harmful in almost every case. The fever itself, remember, it's not an illness, it's a symptom, and also part of the natural healthy response that mobilizes white blood cells, antibodies, and cytokines to fight infection. And fevers in kids, generally caused by common viral infections, and most are not dangerous. Kids will often have symptoms such as a cough, a runny nose, earache, even rash, but often the fever comes before the symptoms. And when there are cold symptoms accompany a fever, you pretty much need to do, well, you just need to wait it out and come alongside them, make them comfortable as you possibly can, and really keep them hydrated. I'm gonna give you lots of great tips on hydration. And interestingly, even more children with ear infections and sore throats 85% of sore throats are viral, not strep in nature. They don't need medical treatment medicines other than the support, natural support, comfort, and hydration. So we're going to take a short break, and when we return, I will share some more tips on supporting fevers naturally. And by the way, all my shows go to podcast typically a day or two after broadcast is heard on America Out Loud Talk Radio. You can hear them on Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeart Podcast, and many, many more. Be sure to subscribe and rate the show on Apple Podcasts. We'll be right back. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the wellness company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger. 
but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Welcome back to Looking for Healing Radio on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Be sure to catch each episode of Looking for Healing Talk Radio at 11 a.m. Monday through Friday. Monday with Dr. Brian Artis as your host. Tuesday with Nicola Burnett as your host. Your host on Wednesday is Dr. Henry Ely. And Thursday with me, Dr. Jana Schmidt as your host. And on Friday, very special Fridays at 11 a.m., we all come together to discuss current health topics and take questions from you. So if you'd like to submit some questions for our discussion on our Friday talk, go to americaoutloud.com under shows and you will see looking for healing. You scroll down, there's a place where you could submit health questions for us to discuss. We look forward to hearing from you. A sincere thank you for joining me today. We are going to continue to talk about fever. And we're going to go into the second section, which we'll talk about naturals. Naturals approach natural approaches to manage fever in children when you need to manage it. Support that comes alongside naturally. We're going to start with something super easy: a bath. A sponge bath or an actual bathtub bath. So it depends on the age of the child. For infants, a lukewarm sponge bath will be lovely. For bigger children, um, a lukewarm bath in a tub can be really soothing during a fever. A lukewarm bath helps regulate temperature. The body temperature comes down as the water evaporates from the body. And you have to be you have to consider don't do a cold water bath because this should definitely be avoided during fever. Cold water can trigger a shiver response and may raise the body temperature further. A cold bath can shock the body into trying to raise its internal thermostat even more but a slightly warm bath can be helpful. I like adding a few drops of essential oils to the bath. This further aids in reducing or managing the fever. Oils such as lavender, eucalyptus, peppermint, frankincense, and they will also help with other things that essential oils can help with. It may help open up sinus congestion, it may help relax them. In the same line of a bath, you can do a ginger bath. Ginger is capable of killing bacteria, which can be responsible for some fevers in children. It helps sweating, which in turn helps remove body heat and toxins. You can add about two tablespoons of ginger powder to a bathtub filled with mildly warm water. The powder needs to be stirred very well, and you can give your ailing child a warm ginger bath. It smells lovely. Sweating post bath will reduce the body heat and flush out some of the toxins. Ginger can be effective in reducing or managing fever in children. Now, when giving a bath, be sure to avoid the eyes, especially if there's essential oils or ginger. Let's talk about sleep. Sleep heals. Sleep and even simply resting can refresh a child. 
and an adult too, but during rest, the body can dedicate energy to healing rather than disrupting it to deal with other activities. If the child is reluctant to sleep, choose some activities that can restrict movement like laying um, down and playing with a favorite toy, reading a book, coloring, solving puzzles, listening to music. And if you have time, and I highly recommend make time if you can, tell them stories, read to them, sing songs with them, just snuggle them, watch favorite shows together, or maybe their favorite movie. This way, with less movement, the body will be able to direct more energy towards their healing. And when you give child a medication, they often go from lethargic and unwell to perky and wanting to run around, but this is not the best thing for them to do when they're sick. It can give them a false sense of wellness and makes it easy for them to overdo it. A fever may not be pleasant for them, but it does allow them to get the rest that they so need for them to get better. So I hope this one goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway. Avoid exposure to smoke. Smoking suppresses the body's immune system. Uh, Being exposed to smoke, the body has to fight harder and fight against what's going on in the body with the fever. This increases the body temperature even more. And be sure that your little one's not exposed to any passive smoking of any kind. So using a cold compress can help. That's a good natural remedy for fevers. Well, a cold compress on the forehead and the nape can efficiently help manage a, a fever, fever symptoms in, um, in children. You can add also a couple tablespoons of apple cider vinegar to cold water and put it on the compress. Apple cider vinegar is effective for heat removal from the body. The ingredients need to be mixed very well, but you just use a clean cloth and soak the mixture for a moment and remove the excess water and just place it on the child's forehead or nape of the neck for a few minutes. I've also used essential oils in this way um, when not using the vinegar and put it in a compress. Again, lavender, peppermint, eucalyptus, frankincense. I usually just use one at a time, but uh, also be keen not to get it in the child's eyes steam inhalation. So this is another way to help with um, a fever. So if a fever is accompanied by a cold, the steam can really aid in the removal of mucus responsible for making them feel terrible and, you know, also contributing to the fever. A steam bath can be effective um, fever treatment at home. You can fill a vaporizer with a few drops of colloidal silver and perhaps eucalyptus to help. I prefer the cool steam when a child has a fever. Your um, child can inhale the steam and then breathe the moist air and remove the mucus and it can also help reduce the fever. All right, this one's going to sound funny. Rubbing an onion on the bottom of your feet. Yes, I said onions. So my great grandmother, who was also a Native American Indian healing woman for her tribe, would teach about medicinal benefits of onions and garlics and many herbs. But onion, I just thought was so funny, but it really worked. An onion not only helps in reduction of body temperature, but it also relieves the body's pains during fever. Simply cut an onion into thin slices rub two or three pieces on the bottom of the feet. I even had them put it in my socks when I slept. I tried it with my children too, and 
You can actually repeat this a couple times a day and it really, really worked. It was absolutely amazing. So I did mention garlic. Gar- garlic is also very, very potent um, in helping you heal. Its antibacterial properties are amazing and it can help address a viral fever. So I did um, mention apple cider vinegar. I'm going to come back to that for just a moment. So in a compress is really great too, but I wanted just to talk about it a little bit more. And it's kind of like another great grandmother's effective way to draw out a fever. And we would often put, um, soak a couple of washcloths in diluted apple cider vinegar and put them in the refrigerator. So they were kind of cool. And we would put them on foreheads or tummies, um, and keep them, keep them on, you know, if someone's feeling sick, we keep them in the refrigerator and just grab it. It's super easy. Um, some people also can uh, soak socks in, in this combination and put the socks on the feet as well. All right, this is another one, kind of like a grandmother's uh, type of remedy, mustard oil and garlic. There's garlic again. Mustard oil and garlic effectively help reduce fever. Now, again, we don't want to reduce it too much. We just want to make it so the child is comfortable enough to rest and stay hydrated. So truly this does work. Uh, it releases the body's um, pain and helps sweating. So it helps remove the toxins. You just heat up a couple of tablespoons of mustard oil, add a tablespoon of garlic paste to it, leave the mixture undisturbed for two minutes, then apply the mixture to child's feet palms, back of neck um, prior to bedtime. They may smell funny, but they are going to feel better the next morning. And then they can have a nice um, bath the next morning and uh, again, lukewarm bath to help reduce the fever. Another really great uh, tip would be to choose light clothing, very comfortable light clothing. During a fever, children should be dressed comfortably. Um, and light clothing so it can ease the body's uh, release of heat. Layers of clothing are going to aggravate the, the fever by trapping that body heat. But I do recommend you can have a blanket nearby if the child starts to feel shivering. Sometimes you feel like you're going cold to hot and you want to have a blanket one moment and then kick it off the next. Okay, so sunshine is one of my absolute favorite remedies for so many things. In this case, I'm going to say sunshine in moderation. Sunshine is very important for healing, but you don't want to overheat your child, especially one with a fever. So don't expose your child to sweltering direct sunlight during a fever, but fresh air and indirect sunlight can be very beneficial as well as grounding outside in the grass and dirt. It's also better to avoid excessive exposure to public places as the body is probably busy working on something else and it may be a little more weak and vulnerable to additional infections. So best to save play dates for another day. So as a mom, I know what it's like when one of my children was hot with fever. He would not feel good and he definitely didn't want anything to eat or drink. Sometimes his body hurt. Sometimes it just wanted to lay around and sleep. But thankfully, I knew that fevers did not need to be a scary ordeal. I just had to keep an eye on them and remember to keep them hydrated. So herbal infusions have been one of my favorite ways to help a child stay hydrated. It not only provides um, hydration, but nourishing vitamins and minerals. So certain herbs such as elderflower, 
yarrow, peppermint. These are all benefits in helping heal and balance fever. Iced peppermint tea became the go-to in our house in managing a very high fever. Remember, I only attempted to reduce a fever when one couldn't sleep or drink, or if there was vomiting involved. So I'm gonna give some suggestions on foods and drinks that can help uh, reduce fevers naturally. I may also throw in a few supplements as well. So offer your child food at regular intervals, food and drinks. So during a fever, the body really needs more vitamins and minerals, A, B, C, calcium, sodium. A diet uh, that is high calorie is very important right now. High calorie, high nourishing, very dense superfoods. If you can get them to eat, this is the type of thing they should eat. Bone broth or chicken soup with vegetables can be amazing. Bone broth has a really high content of cartilage, which helps generate white blood cells that help defend the body against infection. So make sure your food, uh, the food that you offer your child is easily digestible. Avoid anything fatty, spicy, or high fibrous that needs, has a lot of uh, need for digestion. You can offer them food every couple of hours initially, and when they're better, you can reduce the frequency of how often you offer them food. Don't force your child to eat. I repeat, don't force them to eat. Good options for food that you can offer them can be brown rice, bananas, applesauce, hummus. If you have an infant strained, well, if you have an infant, I'd say, nursing is going to be the very best but maybe a toddler might like strained bananas hummus uh, beans mashed potatoes these are all very mild and easy to digest again we're not forcing them to eat the body has limited resources and when it's sick the immune system needs those resources it's fine for children not to eat much for a day or two if they eat when they're not hungry you're just zapping their energy from the immune system. Trust that their body knows what's best when it comes to food, but definitely keep your child hydrated. You may have to encourage them to drink a little more than they normally would. Soups and solid food and fluid intakes are really great, but I want you to consider also alkaline water, veggie broth, nut milk, coconut water, and cooled herbal teas, perhaps with a, maybe a little touch of honey to boost the body's energy level and give it that strength that needs to recover. Little sips, regular intervals are much better than big gulping glass at once. Ice is a really good option if the sore of the throat sore. You can also make ice blocks with vitamin C powder and honey for an extra boost. I'm going to come back to coconut water for just a minute. Coconut water is so amazing. If you caught um, the talk show with coconut water, you'll know what I'm talking about. If you didn't, you should go back and listen to it because it was really good. And it talks about how packed with electrolytes coconut water is. This is a much better choice than something that you might find at a grocery store that's like um, Pedialyte or something like that. Coconut water is way, way better, all natural. So there are a few herbs that can help bring the fever down more gently while also supporting the immune system. Ginger and peppermint have been favorites of ours for so long. I mentioned before iced peppermint tea was a go-to. 
These herbs will soothe the fever and help keep a child hydrated. Some other really favorite herbs are chamomile, catnip, which is in the mint family, and lemon balm. These herbs are all relaxing and traditionally used for fever. They can ease aches and pains, reduce tummy upset, and they're all very pleasant tasting, even for little ones. Okay, here's one of my favorites, Tulsi. It's called Holy Basil. It is an amazing herb. It has antibiotic and germicidal properties. Additionally, antibacterial and antifungal. Tulsi has been used for fighting viral fever for many, many years. All you need to do is boil some holy basil leaves in water. You can even add a little bit of clove to this. Boil the solution and then let it cool and you can just have your child sip on it slowly. I will pause for a moment here and we will take a quick break. When we return, I'll wrap up natural tips to support the body during a fever. I'd also like to thank a sponsor, Energetic Health Institute, an amazing school for amazing students just like you. The best way to be free is to be healthy. Learn how at www.energetichealthinstitute.org. Holistic, nutrition, fasting, detoxification, art of cellular healing, and so much more. Join the EHI family and let's make tomorrow amazing. We'll be right back. We are fighting the ultimate fight between good and evil. AmericaOutloud.com replaces groupthink with innovative think. Well, it was Walt Whitman, the poet, who said, keep your face always toward the sunshine and shadows will fall behind you. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. If you're like me, you'd like life to return to some kind of normal. You're burned out on all the fear-mongering, but deep down you try and minimize viral exposure and your risk of getting sick. You've heard it talked about time and again by respected medical professionals. Use a pulvinone iodine nasal solution. I don't need to tell you just how powerful a nasal cleansing formula with xylitol, povidone iodine, and vitamin D3 for immune support could be. In fact, my attorney told me not to tell you. Google it and find out for yourself. Now, get yourself a bottle of American-made Cofix RX nasal solution. Let's get out and live again. CofixRx.com. That's C-O-F-I-X-R-X.com. Use coupon code out loud and get 20% off. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be with a company that shares your values. Go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Mm-hmm. 
Hello and welcome back to Looking for Healing Talk Radio, where pharmaceuticals are not medicine, but love always is. This is your host, Dr. Jana Schmidt, naturopath and herbalist. We will continue discussing natural approaches to support fevers. I wanted to talk briefly about calcium. According to Dr. Bernard Jensen, one of the main functions of a fever is to pull ionizable calcium out of the bones and draw it into the bloodstream where it's useful for fighting infections. The process may be part of what makes us feel achy. And some suggest giving the body what it needs without requiring it to withdraw from the bank. Some experts believe that calcium works with the fever to make it more effective, which may reduce illness duration. There was a study of patients with dengue fever and they did find that the supplement of calcium and vitamin D reduced the duration and overall symptoms of the illness. Calcium is best obtained from food, but it can also be obtained through supplements. Calcium citrate, malate, and calcium orotate are thought to be some of the best, most bioavailable forms. Vitamin D may also be helpful in, for increasing absorption. So spinach is actually my favorite form of calcium. You can juice it or put it into smoothies for your children or for yourself. So I'm going to go on and talk about some other spices, foods that can help during a fever. This is going to help the body fight the infection naturally. Coriander seeds. Phytonutrients and vitamins present in coriander seeds help build the body's immunity. This can effectively protect your child against a viral fever. You can add coriander seeds to boiling water, and when the solution cools down, you can strain it, and you can add a little nut milk, maybe a little honey. It's a very soothing drink to help your child reduce and manage that fever naturally. Dill seeds. Dill seeds contain monoterpenes and flavonoids, which contain antimicrobial agents. They help fight viral fevers. Dill can be used to make a tincture, a tea, or even just put on food. Next up is fenugreek seeds. Fenugreek seeds contain so many wonderful nutrients that have immense medicinal values. They can effectively reduce viral infection you need to soak the fenugreek seeds in water overnight, and you can have your child sip on the strained water through the day. It actually tastes pretty good. I've often combined some of these wonderful things that I'm suggesting like chamomile and fenugreek, or coriander and ginger and lemon. So don't just think that each one of these is an individual remedy by itself. Oftentimes they are great combined and help make it more palatable for your child or for yourself. Well, coconut oil is next up. Coconut oil has antibacterial and antifungal properties. You can consume it in small quantities. You can mix it in food or drink, and it can help the body heal faster. Lemon juice and honey. So the vitamin C in lemon strengthens the body. Honey provides nourishment, and the combination of the two is really effective in helping reduce a fever. You can add about a tablespoon of honey, a tablespoon of lemon juice, and water. 
So this will also provide alkalinity to the body, which helps to fight inflammation, helps to put the body in a less acid environment. One of my other favorites is bone broth. Bone broth and chicken soup. Our grandparents were correct. Chicken soup is good for more than just the soul. Several components of the broth are beneficial. One in particular is the cartilage. It supports healthy immune function by stimulating white blood cells that we need to fend off those unwanted microbes. Another component of bone broth is gelatin. It's very soothing, easy to digest, and it's a great source of nourishment. If you don't have access to homemade bone broth, you can dissolve grass-fed gelatin in hot chamomile tea and let it cool. There's actually a study published in the National Library of Medicine that the presence of gelatin, glucosamine, and chondroitin in the bones that are released into the soup help fight infection and repair connective tissues and help people recover quicker from illness. Now, if you are vegetarian, then I highly recommend making these broths with uh, with veggies. You can do a veggie broth that's really hydrating and it has lots of electrolytes just like the bone broth does. It can provide potassium and magnesium, which is also very helpful when there's a fever. But I will have to say there's a and chicken has a very rich compound called carcinine, which helps relieve sinus congestion, upper respiratory tract infections, sore throats, coughs, and flu. So if you're not a vegetarian, consider making that chicken soup. Okay, here's a really great one. I'm going to give you this awesome recipe we've used for years, herbal freezer pops, herbal freezer pops recipe and the steps from Mommy Potamus site. And they are an amazing infusion of herbs and a smoothie mix. Perfect for that second stage of fever when your child's really hot and they're perspiring and losing fluids and you want to help them be as comfortable as possible. Now, although the above sounds like great benefits, the best thing about them is they actually taste really good and your children will love them. You'll probably love them and will very rarely turn them down. So now let's walk through the steps of making these herbal freezer pops. Number one, you make the herbal infusion. There are many different herbs and herbal combinations. We've talked about a few that you can use, but today I'm just gonna give you a few that um, we've used in the past and we really like. A one third ounce of dried elderflowers, antiviral by the way, one third ounce of dried rose hips, really high in vitamin C, a third ounce of dried peppermint, this is cooling, it'll taste great. And one tablespoon of a sweetener, and I, I generally just go with honey. You can do maple syrup perhaps too, it's a little less sweet. Now to make the herbal infusion, combine equal amounts of dried herbs in a quart jar. And you can weigh your herbs if you want with a kitchen scale to make them exact, but you can also eyeball it, it, it doesn't have to be exact. Just remember, the rose hips are going to weigh more than the elderflowers or the peppermint because they're they're more dense. All that matters is you have about equal amount, maybe one ounce of each of the dried herbs. Your jar should look about a third to a half full of herbs. You put your herbs in a glass jar, pour boiling water over them, filling it all the way up to the ring of the jar, 
cover it and let your herbs sit for a minimum of 30 minutes. It can be up to four hours though. This makes a really strong tea and gets the properties out of the herbs into your water. The longer you let it sit, the more strong it's gonna be. So here's a time saving tip. Four hours is the standard time for making an herbal infusion like this with boiling water. But if your little one's really sick and you need something right away, 30 minutes will suffice. Now you strain the herbs from the water and then you squeeze all the liquid from your herbs, get all them out of there. You can actually compost the herbs as they uh, shouldn't be reused for, for a tea anyway. Your infusion should smell really strong of peppermint and you can add a little sweetener, like I said, maybe a little bit of honey, a little bit of maple syrup, not much at all, like one tablespoon in the whole infusion. Another option is to add a, a little bit of like a whole stevia leaf while you're doing the infusion process, but only a little bit because stevia is very strong. So whatever sweetener you feel's best to give the taste you think's right for your child. So next step, time to make the smoothie. The next step is to take your herbal infusion and combine it with a smoothie mix, mix that will taste so great your children will eat them up. So there's two different smoothie mixes. I'll, I'll tell you both of them. You can make whatever you like. I usually do it in a Vitamix or if I have one a small batch, I'll do it in like a magic bullet size type of thing, but you choose whichever you like best. So a blueberry smoothie would be, I would use a half a cup of coconut yogurt. So this is yogurt not made from cow's milk. It's made from coconut and a fourth cup of your herbal infusion. You can add a little bit of organic almond butter to taste and organic blueberries to taste. So that's one recipe. The other is strawberry banana. So again, half a cup of that coconut yogurt, fourth a cup of your herbal infusion, two bananas, three to four large organic strawberries. And once your smoothie is mixed and your herbal infusion is all mixed, you can taste it and see if it needs to have any sweetener. Generally, it doesn't need any sweetener with the strawberries and bananas. So the next step is to pour the popsicles into molds and freeze. Once your mix tastes great, you're ready to make your freezer pops. Pour them into popsicle molds and freeze them. There's lots of different types. Um, I love to use the BPA-free silicone molds, um, but there's lots of ways to make ice pops. You can store your extra in a glass jar in the refrigerator to make some more later. If you're strapped for time and you feel like you're waiting several hours for these to freeze, you can also just let your children eat the smoothie. Just drink the smoothie as is. It's fine either way. It's just sort of fun for them to have an ice pop. So after they are frozen, you can offer them to your children and this will help keep them hydrated and it'll feel like a special treat. You can let your child continue to eat them because all the herbs are safe and nutritious and will help them with healing. So on to the next step. So you're, at this point, after you've done all these wonderful things, your child should start to heal. So how do you know that things are improving? Kids can run a fever as short as 24 hours, but typically fevers last about five days. Things are improving when your child is starting to perk up and feel better. Sometimes you'll notice they've broken a sweat, 
your child starts to want to get up and play more and interact and their appetite is returning. Continue to keep them cool and comfy and very hydrated. You can start giving them superfoods like sprouts and super greens. My children grew up with bee pollen as a superfood and it helped get them back to feeling healthy and strong quickly. And also, pat yourself on the back as you have navigated a fever naturally and your child or children will be stronger for it. Allowing the body to address illness naturally will set them up for a lifetime of better health. Also, remember to tell them what you're doing and why. It is amazing to empower your children with health tools they can use forever. You may also be surprised, as I was, how much of this information they understood and retained and use today. It feels right to be able to teach our children how to navigate through illness. It was always a foreign concept to me to think of taking my child to someone who didn't know them very well to tell me what they needed to get better and to give me some mystery drug and have me return with my child for them to tell me if they were well or not. Just a bizarre thought. Now don't misunderstand me. When one of my boys broke an arm or a foot, etc., we went straight to our favorite orthopedic doctor for an x-ray and a cast if needed. They were already very healthy and I knew how to support their healing, so they bounced back quickly, but we definitely relied on our orthopedic in those cases. So I do not discount, but rather truly appreciate those doctors with specialties that can help us. But for the everyday scrape, bump, cold, or occasional flu, tummy ache, or fever, I relied on the natural approach to health and healing for my family. After all, as parents, we know our children better than anyone else. A sincere thank you for joining me today. I look forward to each day at 11 a.m. with you where we will continue to learn and grow in the realm of natural health. America Out Loud Talk Radio plays on the iHeartRadio network. You can listen on your media player from any web browser anywhere in the world. We have the best in-class apps available on Apple, Android, and Alexa where we stream 24-7, and now you can also hear them on the podcast of those same apps. The apps are free. The mission is priceless. And you can find out more about Looking for Healing Talk Radio and get all the latest podcasts if you go to the menu nav bar at America Out Loud under Our Shows or Schedule. You can find us there so you will be in the know. And a very special thank you to a sponsor, Global Healing. They create a variety of amazing products. One product that you might really like is vitamin B12. It's amazing. It's in a liquid form and it is a natural energy boost. It is an organic vegan formula. B12 is a vital nutrient that supports normal energy levels, cardiovascular health, and the nervous system. They've created this wonderful organic triple activated vitamin B12 supplement. It provides organic nutritional support for your needs. It contains energized trace minerals for amplified bioavailability. That's super cool. And it comes in one ounce bottle, which is a 30 day supply or a two ounce bottle for a 60 day supply. 
you'll receive a really special discount of 15% off if you use the code OUTLOUD. You can find them at www.globalhealing.com. Be sure to catch each episode of Looking for Healing Talk Radio at 11 a.m. Monday through Friday. Monday with awesome Dr. Brian Artis as your host. Tuesday with the lovely Nicola Burnett as your host. Your host on Wednesday is the amazing Dr. Henry Ely. And Thursday you got me, Dr. Jana Schmidt, as your host. And on Friday, 11 a.m., we all come together to discuss current health topics and take questions from you. To submit those questions for our discussion on our Friday show, go to americaoutloud.com. Under shows, you'll see Looking for Healing, and there you can scroll down, find a place you can submit questions for one or all of us, it doesn't matter, and we will be able to get to your questions and hopefully discuss them on air. This is Dr. Jana Schmidt wishing you God's blessings in knowledge, wisdom, and abundant health.